All right, guys, let's pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day that you've given us to just be able to gather together um, as your people to learn and study your word with one another. God, I pray that you people are able to hear and understand and come to a knowledge of you, deeper understanding of you, Lord God. Let them put all their questions and worries and everything that they have to just lay it at your feet, dear God, and just be with them. God, please speak to me and through me as I share your message today. Let your glory be made known to your people and that your people come to a better understanding of you. God, thank you. I love you for all that you do. Put aside all distractions and have all hearts and minds on you. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. So, good friends. Took a journey over the past month, I would say, and I think through it all, I kept asking the Lord, what is it that wants me to share with you guys today? And I know a lot has happened. A lot is going on in this world right now. In the past few months, we have seen a lot of death, as you said. We've seen a lot of issues, a lot of trials, tribulations. Um, yet we are all still here, and we're all so grateful to God for that. Um, and I felt it in my heart to be able to tackle all of those issues. And I asked God, you know, if, if there's just one thing that I can share, what should that be? Um, as we go over the course of the next couple of months... Um, the next couple of weeks or so, we'll kind of dabble into a lot of the issues that plague us that maybe at times we don't talk about enough, um, mental health, um, anxiety, trust, um, false doctrines, right? What is new age? What is all these other things, right, that come up that it's important to know and it's important to note. But the one thing that I, that, and, and I think these are things that you guys ask about all the time. Like, could we talk about different religions and talk about when when is the Sabbath and when is all that stuff? And as important as those are, I want us never to lose sight that when you were trying to figure out what is real, the best way to figure out what is real is to study and learn and know for yourself what is real. It's a good idea to understand what the fakes are and all of that, but come down to it, know what is real and study the real. When you look at a dollar bill, and I wish I had a dollar bill with me, we know that it's a dollar bill, not because we understand what all the fakes look like. We know that it's a dollar bill because we've studied the dollar bill and we know that this is the dollar bill, right? So yes, over the next couple of months, I will dabble and 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 dip into all these different issues that I've mentioned earlier, um, some hot topic issues that, that 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 we have, and I think there's disagreement in the church on even. We will go there, but I want you to know that let's not lose sight that if we don't understand the real, right, the fakes won't matter. Knowing the fakes won't matter. And what is the real? The real is knowing Jesus. The real is understanding God, having a closer relationship with him. Because when you know that that is real, 
when somebody comes to you and tries to say something that is false, you will know you will be able to identify that yes, I don't really know what this is all about here, what new age is or what um all these different false doctrines are, but you will know what is real and know that whatever that person is selling and trying to sell you is not right right um and even on topics of mental health, if we don't have a full grasp of who the Lord is and what and the promises that he has for us, right, we will not be able to deal with them the right way and be able to have a good spiritual grasp of them. So that is why I know that a lot of times you guys feel like you're learning the same thing, but we're trying to get you to get a good grasp of the real, the truth, the promises of God for you. And then when you have a solid basis of that, you then are able to dip into all these other areas where we will go into, just hang tight with me. So I asked the Lord, what is one thing that if I had just one day left to live, if this was my last message to you guys, what is one thing that he would have me share? And he pointed me over to Psalm 51. And Psalm 51 is, I think, where we're going to read together today, and that'll be our basis for today. And Psalm 51 is on the nature of forgiveness and repentance to the Lord. And I think one thing that I want to note is that of all the social issues that are going on, beloved, the biggest social injustice that we've ever committed in this world is the one we've done against God. When we are not in right standing with God, everything else that we do is sinful. All our noble deeds, all our noble acts, what is the point of it all if at the end of the day, we don't, we're not with Christ in heaven? Right? What's the point? So, I think I want us to be able to ground ourselves and have an understanding of what that is what repentance truly is and what that means to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we all have the same basis, when we're talking in future weeks about, you know, mental health, homosexuality, Black Lives Matter, anxiety, it'll make sense that we're coming from the same basis. So I hope that makes sense. There's a method to my madness. Um, So I want us to jump on over to Psalm 51. Um, and then we'll break that down together and kind of share the different points that we have here. So, Psalm 51, I get a reaction from you guys if you're all there. Um, you can give me a thumbs up if everybody's there. Keep the thumbs up. You guys know how to use the thumbs up option? Cool, cool. All right. All right, we're still waiting on a couple of folks. Psalm 51. Would anyone like to read for us? There are, I want us to go from verse 1 to verse 17. There are 19 verses. So if you would like to read for us, um, just let me know and go off of mute and just read for us today. I'll do it. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Psalm 51. 
Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, um, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified um, justify when you judge. Surely, I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even the, even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in, in that secret place. Cleanse me with hurry soap, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be um, whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed um, yeah, Christ, rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will be will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Um, you God will not despise. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. So there's a lot there. And um, I just want to give you guys the background on what we've read here. This is a psalm, right? So a psalm, there are 150 psalms within the Bible. And this is the 51st one. And each psalm has like a little background as to what happens. And usually a psalm is, think of it like a song. Psalm, song, right? That a congregation will gather together and they will sing together, right? So if you originally have this in the Hebrew, um, you'd be able to sing this, this psalm in the Hebrew, okay? And it would sound, I guess it would sound nice or whatever it is, but you be able to sing this in the Hebrew. Now, the background to this particular psalm, what happened that caused this psalm to be created? It was written by David, okay? King, good old King David. And this was when Nathan, the prophet, went to him after um, he had slept with Bathsheba. You know, Bathsheba um, was the wife of, I believe, Uriah. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But Uriah was... Um, a soldier who was sent into war knowing that he was going to be killed. David sent him out to war and David himself didn't go. So David found Bathsheba. Bathsheba was a woman who um, was taking a shower one day in her place and David saw her and he was like, oh, I got to have her. And so David um, slept with Bathsheba. So he slept with another man's wife, right? So he committed adultery with Uriah's wife. And what got what made things even worse is that Bathsheba actually ended up um 
what made it worse was that Bathsheba got pregnant, right? And then David plotted to have um, Uriah killed, right? Originally, he wanted Uriah to come back home, but Uriah said, no, I'm not going to come back home. Um, I'm busy, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep posts. I'm watching over the people. So he wanted him to come back home and then sleep with his wife so that it would make it look like that the, the kid is Uriah's kid, right? So that's how David was trying to cover all this stuff up. But David was not able to cover it up. Uriah didn't come back. And then to save David's face, he killed, he had Uriah killed, and then he married Bathsheba, right? So that he wouldn't see the shame of that. So he did two wrongs. David not only, um, he not only slept with another man's wife, but he also had that man killed. So he's both a murderer and an adulterer, right? And the crazy thing about all of this is that in the end, God still says that David was a man after his own heart. Let that ring in your ear, right? These are probably the two biggest things that even to this day are really big issues, right? You can't just go around and sleep with somebody's wife. You can't just go around killing people, right? But God says that David was a man after his own heart. And at first I used to ask myself, why is that? Why would God say something like that about somebody who just did these things? Because, and the answer is, we see that in Psalm 51 here, that when David was confronted by Nathan. So Nathan, who is a prophet, comes to David and tells him, David, you've done some messed up things. And I want you to know that this kid that you have, he's not going to make it. And God kills the kid, right? That was with Bathsheba at the time. And David goes and asks God for forgiveness. He realizes what he has done, right? So what does this mean for us as believers? And that's what I want to take us through the scriptures here to break it down for us. And I hope you guys are taking notes as we're going through this. And let me know your thoughts too towards the end. We'll be able to talk about that a little bit. So you guys now have the background as to why this psalm was written, what's going on down here. So kind of put your place, put yourself in David's place, right? He's someone who has just sinned and now he's going to God to ask for that forgiveness. The interesting thing that I see here within the first three verses, right? He says, God have mercy on him, right? He recognizes the mercy of God to forgive even when he has done wrong. And the grace of God to keep him. Beloved, sometimes when we fall into I hate the word, I hate using the word fall into sin because it makes it look like it was an accident. It makes it look like we didn't go there ourselves. When we sin, it's a better way to, better way to say, um, we feel as if like God will not, will never forgive us. We feel as if like we have to work, we have to do something to get that forgiveness from God. Like we got to punish ourselves or whatever it may be. But we have to recognize here that God's mercy 
is abundant to be able to cover all of our sins. Do not abuse, and I say this all the time, do not abuse God's mercy and don't abuse his grace. But when you sin, there should be a, you should feel it within your heart that what I've done here is wrong. If you don't feel it in your heart, beloved, that's a big problem because it means that you've done something so much that you don't even care and God is giving you over to your sin. And that's a discussion for a later time. But you have to recognize that when you have sinned against God, it, it, it really messes you up. Why do we even seek forgiveness, right? And I think this question is so important because somebody's like, well, what if I'm good my whole life and then um, I sin in the last three seconds of my life? Do I go to hell? And the answer is that it's not really about... The, the, the purpose of the forgiveness is not really going to heaven and all those stuff, right? The purpose of the forgiveness is to be in a right standing with Christ. It's to be in a renewed renewed relationship with God. Think about it, guys. When you're living with people in your house, in your household, for example, when you have, um, when they owe you something or they ask you to do something, you're still going to do it, right, most likely, right? They'll ask you to go wash the dishes or help them do something. You'll still do it. But you're not going to do it with the same level of joy that you initially would. Because you have problems with that person. Now that's the same thing with Christ, right? Our relationship with God becomes severed. It becomes strained, right? When we are not in right relationship with him. So we ask for forgiveness so that we will be in right, renewed restoration with God because note that our sins past, present, and future are forgiven but what's the point of all that if we can't have joy in Christ when we, are wrong, when we have wronged God and we know it we cannot have joy in Christ and when it'll mess us up for every single thing else that we're trying to do alright So how? How do, we get, how do we then repent? How do we then go that, that route? And the answer there is that we have to admit what we've done wrong. What is so cool about this is that I see the verse 3. He says, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. I don't know about you guys, but in my sin, and some of the things that I've done in my life, I have had little cute pet names for them. Instead of actually even saying that I've done this, like if you tell a lie, well, you don't even use the word, yeah, I blatantly lied and I deceitfully, and I deceived this person, right? Because that's what lying is. Instead, we use little names like, oh, it was just a little white lie. You know, it was just a little fib, right? When we do something like that, we have to realize that we're not owning our sin, Think about it, right? We're making it lesser than what it really is. And it's not just us that have done this. This has been going on since the beginning. 
If you go to Exodus chapter 2, verse 14, I'll read it really quickly. He said, He answered, Who made you prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. So, story on there really quickly. Moses, he sees an Egyptian, he kills the Egyptian. There was a lot to it, but Moses sinned, right? And when he was confronted about it, instead of saying, yeah, I murdered somebody, he used a nickname. He said, surely the thing is known. The thing. We do that all the time. And what God is asking of us here in Psalm 51 is that we have to own up to what it is that we've actually done, say what it is, and go to God with that. Because if we don't own it, what's the point? If we don't own it, we don't acknowledge it, that we've actually even done it. But the psalmist here is is telling us, David here is saying that, yep, I slept with Bathsheba, somebody else's wife, and I also killed somebody. David is being very, very clear to the Lord and saying that, God, I've done these things and I have wronged you. I don't want repentance to be something that is just like, you know, do it, check the box and keep moving. Because God, if we don't, guys, if we don't have this part down right, nothing else we talk about together when we meet matters. If we don't have a right standing and right relationship with Christ and we don't know where we're coming from and what it is that we're supposed to do, nothing that we talk about matters. Put every social issue out the window. It doesn't matter. If we're living our lives in a sinful way, and yet coming to try to figure out what we should do to bring about social justice and all these different topics, what's the point if we're headed to hell? And our relationship with God is strained. How can we even ask God to help us? So I want the, the how and the why to be really important. Like whenever I, we teach and we, and we talk with you guys, like I really want you guys to know why it is that we're doing what we're doing, right? We're, we're, we're asking for forgiveness, not so much for, um, not, not so much for having purposes, but asking for forgiveness to have a restored relationship with, with Christ. And there's a weight of sin that, you get, that, that we feel, guys, when we mess up, right? I've felt it before. David felt it here in Psalm 51 to take him to a point of asking God, admitting to God that he has wronged him. And he says to God, you know, only against you, only you have I sinned. In verse four, and I think that part is so important to note that, guys, it doesn't necessarily mean that sin just affects um, you and God. It, sin affects your relationship with the people around you. A lot of times the secret sins that we have, we think it's just us and and it's just you know, just us and God. But no, it affects all the people around you. God has sometimes put God puts the sin of, of, of others on others. Like we're paying for it. So it's not just us. But in this case here, what he's saying is that I know I messed up God and it wasn't like I was angry with you or anything like that. I messed up with somebody else, but by doing so I sinned against God. So who do you have beef with with today? Whoever that is, know that it's not just beef between the two of you, but it is a sin against God. 
Because if you're angry with that person, you have committed murder against that person within your heart. That's the Bible's words, not mine. It's Jesus' own words. So go to God and ask for forgiveness in that right, and then make it right with that person, whatever the issue may be. Right? Um, then the verse 5, it says, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And guys, we will touch more about this when we talk later on in a couple months about um, gay marriage and homosexuality and all that stuff. But I want to note here in the verse 5 how important this is. He, the man, David comes and he admits that, hey, I was born in iniquity. I was born in sin. You guys ever heard that song, Born Sinner, J. Cole? Anyway, thumbs up? No? Anyway. He says, I'm a born sinner, right? He's trying to say that he'll die better than that and all that stuff. There we go, Stephen. You know, you're hip. You got this. I'm not that old, guys. Anyway, so he's saying that he was a born sinner is basically what he's, what he's admitting here. But the thing about Christ is that Christ says that you must be born again. Right? You must be born again. So he's not just using this as an excuse. That's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes when some of us get angry, right? We like to say things like, oh, me, I got a bad temper. Oh, me, that's just the way I am. When somebody's jealous, oh, yeah, me, that's just the way I am. You know, I'm just, I'm just a jealous person. Nobody's got to admit it. But we've all sort of defaulted some sins of ours and made it and just called it our characteristic. We've all defaulted to some sins of ours and said, man, that's just the way I am. Some people who get drunk, they're like, yep, that's just the way I am. I'm just a drunk. Can't help it. Just the way I was born. But Jesus is saying that, no, even if you were born in that way, even if you were born in sin, yeah, you were born in sin. There's some characteristics about you that are more prominent in you than in somebody else. In some people... Being a drunk may be their problem, and other people sleeping around with other folks may be their problem. But all of it, God is telling, letting us know that it's not an excuse. Right? Because we must be born again. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, all those things must be given unto him. And say that God, this is, this, these are the sinful things that I'm more prone to doing. Help me. That is the response that we have to have. When we say, God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me, the verse 10 hits so much because it lets us know that our hearts are so tainted without God. But when we accept God, as or when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, He is to create, create in us a clean heart. It tells us that our problem is not with our characteristics, it's not with what we're saying, what's coming out of our mouths. But what really needs to change is our hearts. If you've accepted Christ, but your heart is the same, then you have not accepted Christ. Point blank. Because when God comes to you, He changes your heart. And then even when you sin, you feel that. 
And you go to God with it and you say, God, forgive me. This is exactly what I've done. I want us to keep that in mind as we go forward throughout the rest of the year, throughout the rest of our lives, that that is so, so, so important, y'all. Let us not play games. We can't play God. God knows what we've done. And there's another Psalm, I think Psalm 90, verse 8 or so, it talks about how you know what I've done in secret. You know my secret sin. God knows it all. So why not just fast it up, right? And I think a lot of times we don't admit it. We don't say it with our mouths because we feel as if if we say it, then it, then it becomes real. And I'm telling you that it's already real. God already knows that it happened. The, the, the whole point of this in the verse 13, it says, can be summed up in verse 13. He says, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Guys, we're supposed to be a body of believers, right? We're supposed to be those who love the, who love the Lord. We are the church, right? And if the church is in sin, if the church isn't doing right, how can we then teach transgressors, which are other people who are sinning against God, how can we teach those who do not know God, God's ways? And how can sinners return to God? I wanted to teach earlier about, about discipleship and just you know, going out and teaching the good news of Jesus Christ to people. But I think before we can even get there, this sums it up as to if we're not in a right relationship, a right standing with God, we can't even do those things. So yes, I challenge you guys as you go off this year um, in, 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 in the school year, pick somebody who, 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 who God has placed it on your heart to, to really share with, right? Um, but before you do that, whatever standing you are with God, ask God for forgiveness and, 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 and be in, a, in, a right, in the right position with Him. I hope that makes sense because if you do that, then you should be good to go to be able to share the good news with somebody else. Right? And this is so important that we do not tomorrow, not a week from now, but today. Because we don't know who else's life is going to end tomorrow. You all know somebody who doesn't care for God in any way. Or maybe all of your friends are Christians. Maybe it's just me who knows those people. But you all know somebody. When Chadwick passed away, when Chadwick Boseman Black Panther passed away, one of the questions that came up in my mind was, man, did Chadwick know Jesus? And I sure hope he did. Come to find out later on that he did know Jesus, which was wonderful. But imagine all the others. Anthony Bourdain, who took his own life. Did Anthony Bourdain, who had seen everything in the world, did he know Jesus? The last question that I want anybody to ever ask 
about their friends, when they go to their friends' funerals, you will have some people who will pass away in your lives, is, man, I hope that person knew Jesus. Did that person know Jesus? If they are in your circle and you have the opportunity to tell them about the Lord, you know for certain that you've done your part. God places some folks in our lives to be able to ask them those questions, to be able to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. Don't wait until your friend is dead. Don't wait until your family member is dead before you ask the question, did this person know Jesus? That is a sad, sad, sad thing that happens all the time. All the celebrities whose music we listen to and we're, you know, up in, you know, the movies that we watch and all that stuff. Yeah, they're not in our circle, but do we pray for them? That God touch their lives if they don't have Christ. Like, do we do that? But I'm saying we can't even do that if we don't, if we're not in a right standing with God ourselves. So that's why we're building upon this, right? So where are you with the Lord? Get right with God, guys. And getting right with God doesn't mean you doing something particularly, but it's allowing God to do a work in you. That's a key distinction. God is the one who forgives. God is the one who does a, who cleans our hearts and renews a right spirit in us. There is nothing that you can do to make God, like, there, there, there's nothing that, 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 that you can do to make God love you any more, any less, any of those things. You can't work for your own salvation. You can't work for the forgiveness of your sins. When we have wronged God, at times we like to just pull way back. And sometimes that's necessary. But we need to acknowledge that it's nothing that we're doing. We can't fix anything ourselves. All we can do is go to God with a, with a repentant heart, right? And ask God for forgiveness. And know that we are forgiven. Because you guys, you are, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. The new is here. So if anyone be in Christ, right? He is a new creation. I want you guys to have that confidence that you are children of, of God and that when we do sin, we feel it and we acknowledge it and we ask God for forgiveness so that we can do what's in verse 13 that's so critical, that we can go out and get other people. We can go out and share the news with other people that they too might come to the Lord and return to God. God wants to use you, but how can God use you if you're living in sin? How can God use you to bring other sinners to him if we ourselves are living in sin? Let's not wait for the next person to pass away before we come and ask these questions. When somebody goes in my circle, I want to be certain that this person, I shared the good news with them in some way, I shared God's love with them in some way. And I was effective in doing that because I was in a right standing with God. Let us be in a right standing with God so we can be effective in sharing his good news with others. Finally, the last thing I want to share with you guys is in the verse, um, the verse 16, 
He says, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. But the sacrifices of the Lord are a broken heart, a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. When we mess up, we like to give God stuff. Oh, I'll pay a little bit extra money here. Oh, I'll go to church. I'll read my Bible a little bit more. I will, uh, I'll pray an extra 30 minutes. Um, what, what else? We like to make little deals with God like he's a car salesman, right? But God is, but, 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 but David is explaining to us here that God does not delight in sacrifice. If he did, we would give it as, as, as our means for forgiving us, right? But rather, what God is asking for is a broken spirit, a contrite heart. When your heart is broken over the sin that you've done, God is here to forgive you and to bring you in right renewal, renew your spirit, to cleanse your spirit, to cleanse your heart. When God truly sees it, guys, he will not despise it. That's why God knows the difference between a fake apology, a fake forgiveness, and what is real. And you see it here in the verse 16. So, all of that to say that Jesus um, has given us a way to be able to be forgiven by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. God has made that way for us. That if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. Don't dwell on the sins that we've committed, guys. The, the, the cool thing that I wanted to share, and if we had more time, is just that he says to blot out my transgressions, right? That means cancel it out. Get a, get a pen, paper, chop it out. But we constantly walk with that and, that and the guilt and that shame. And God is saying that you don't need to do that, right? Rather, God wants you to be in a position where he's walking with you and he's working with you and he's bringing other people who are in sin to him. Will you allow God to do that for you in your life from now for the rest of the school year, right? How are you going to approach it? Yes, we're all virtual, right? But I'm sure you guys chat with friends and all that stuff all the time. So there's always a way, there's always an opportunity to minister onto somebody else. Um, this message is never easy, and I don't want people to fall deaf ears to it as if you've heard it and you know it all set and, and, and you're good. Because this is where the bar is, right? You want to do anything else in the Lord and go closer with the Lord. If you don't have an understanding of where this is, where repentance, salvation is, how then can you be effective in doing anything else? We are to be soldiers for Christ, and a soldier must know the sound of his commander, must know the voice of his Lord. So, I think we have a good grasp now where we are um, to then be able to dig into some different topics a bit more um, as we go forward into the next couple of weeks. So I will end this here. I'll pray over us and then we will kind of just say any thoughts that you guys have and then we'll continue from there. Okay? Let us pray.
God, thank you so much for just allowing me to share with your people today your message from Psalm 51. God, I just pray for these guys here, and I ask of you that any part of us, Lord, that we struggle with, any sins that we deal with, God, that we just can't seem to let go or give to you, God, please help us. Help us to just leave all that to you. God, it's not easy. We were born in sin. But help us to be born again. And when we are born again, to accept you and clean our hearts, Lord. Renew a right spirit in us that we might be able to walk with you and bring others to you as well. Jesus, thank you so much for the love that you've given us. Thank you so much for forgiving us and putting us in the right standing with you, O oh God. Renew a right spirit in us and help us in our walk with you. God, we thank you. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen.